you're not taking care or if you're presenting your property in in not a proper way, how you expect the tenant respect your property? Because they don't see that you, you don't have a pride in that, right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Hello. Welcome to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast, episode 125. I'm Ariel Cormendi, and I'm joined today by Vishal Kapoor. Welcome, Vish. Good morning. Good morning, Ariel. Happy so, to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to have you on. And um, I always love introducing a new face to the team and a new face to the podcast. And uh you know, Adrian and I were uh, scheduled to um, uh, to film a podcast tomorrow, and uh, I said, "Well, you know what? I'm, it's a it's a nice, bright, sunshiny day. I'm in the mood to uh, to do a podcast today, and uh, and thought it would be nice to uh, to have some of the new faces um, join as well. So, thanks for joining the show. Um, before we get into today's topic, uh, which is not going to be a very long discussion, but uh, we're going to talk about um, hiring a realtor to find a tenant. So if you're a landlord or if you're considering purchasing an investment property, um, you know, what's that process look like from, from a realtor's perspective in terms of finding a tenant? And, um, you know, if you're a landlord, should you hire a realtor to help you find a tenant? So that's that's going to be our real estate topic today. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. But um you know, since since you are relatively new to the team, you've been with us for, you know, we're closing in on two months now, and uh, you've been really busy since you've uh, since you've joined. So we haven't had a lot of time to introduce you and integrate you into uh, social media yet. But uh, anybody that's listening or watching might uh, might want a little bit uh, to know a little bit about you. So so why don't you tell us uh, who is Vishal Kapoor? Uh, give us your real estate background, your personal background. Um, maybe tell us why you joined the team and, uh, and I've got a few personal questions that I'm going to ask you too. So, so why don't you give everybody the, the insights? Well, thank you so much, uh, Ariel. I always admire, uh, the Katie team and that's the reason I joined and that's how I started with, uh, regarding me, like I'm a simple family man, uh, community man. That's what I do. I love to volunteer. I serve uh, in uh, Oakland Milton Real Estate Board, uh, serving as a vice president uh, this year. Uh, sorry, as the president-elect this year, and uh, next year is going to be president um, in real estate for almost just going to be nine years. I started my career as part-timer, and then soon I realized that you know this is not a part-time job. This is a full-time job, make full dedication, because without that, you cannot serve your clients better so then i parked my license and then i came back five and a half years ago full time into this industry and you know struggle in the starting uh, trying to manage i used to manage a lot of people in my uh, past career as a retail management uh, professional and but coming out yourself and managing yourself it was a little bit challenging um, as well but like slowly I grow, I, I made my base in the community, uh, did a lot of volunteer to bring my uh, name out and providing value to people. 
uh, that was my main motive. Uh, it was not so much like, you know, how great I did and how many sales I'm doing it. Uh, it's more about like how I can provide the value proposition uh, to my clients. And that's how it started. And uh, just like you guys, like, you know, you inspired me a lot. And I started doing some uh, videos online as well. And uh, weekly, monthly, one time I was doing the daily FB live just to get my name out. Uh, but also just not to game out, it's providing the value to people. Um, and it's not selling more is, you know, how it can help. Like if people have different questions and uh, content that was coming out is like a people asking questions every day. And what it helped me in, you know, having myself and knowledge about it, because when you're presenting it, you have to learn uh, fully. Um, you have to research fully in order to present it. And that's what I did. So it helped me two ways, helped me to grow as well as my audience, um, because I was providing value to them. Well, I think you've done a really good job over the years. Um, and when I think back to, because I, I remember maybe five years ago or so, we asked uh, you to chip in and help us with some open houses. And I think that's really when you started getting going full time. And, um, you know, so I, I was watching what you were doing and, and um, you know, we've always been attracted to you in terms of uh, a friendship level. Um, but I noticed, you know, you started being more social on um, Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, uh, you started a couple of Facebook groups. And then I saw that you were doing those weekly and, and monthly videos. And I said, well, you know what, here's, here's a guy that's putting the time and effort in because a lot of people think it's easy to to be a realtor, think that they can do it part-time. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that, but um, you know, it's, it's very much a, you know, you get out of it, what you put into it kind of career. And sometimes, you know, I interview a lot of people and, and now, you know, we're a team of 12. Um, so I can see the different dynamics of what people do during the day and everybody has a different niche or di something different that they like to do. But the point is you have to try those things and you have to put the effort into those things. And I think, um, I think that's what's made you a, a successful realtor is that you've, you've put that time, that effort. And to your point, you know, you're not out there just selling um, you're out there providing some information that's valuable to people stuff that people like to watch and listen to um so so that's that's i believe what's really helped you grow uh your career so so kudos to you on doing that now what what was your tipping point when you realized so when you got your license nine years ago because I just interviewed somebody uh, that is currently a part-time realtor and, and wanted to join our team, uh, but has another job. And I said, you know, because that's uh, wouldn't be a fit for us in in that sense. But um, what was your tipping point when when you realized, hey, I'm doing this part-time, but it it's not it's not going to work this way. Well, the uh, biggest thing came out is definitely about financials uh, that 
when you started doing it part time and you trying to adjust your time, uh, not according to your clients' time, like when they are available. So I was in retail. Uh, I used to work for Staples, and uh, lucky was with the Staples, I get the uh, alternate uh, weekends off. So that and the other day, so I was able to manage it. It's not like I was not able to manage it, but at the same time, it was limited. The time was limited for me to serve my clients. On top of that, researching, uh, knowing the neighborhood, knowing the type of houses, how's the market doing, all that takes time to understand. And that was the things like, you know, I, I sat down with the bill, our broker and broker owner for C21 Miller, and we have discussed that. And he's seen the potential in me. And it says, well, you're a great guy, but I can tell you, as long as you have those crutches with you, you might not be able to walk or you might not be able to run. You might be able to walk, but you might, you will not run. So that hits to me and says, well, um, in that sense, uh, I went back and do some um, research as well as look into my financials. And I saved money enough that if I'm not getting any commission for one year, still I can survive and do my financial obligations towards my family as well as paying mortgage and rent, whatever, right? Yeah. So that that's how it happens. And once I did that, then coming a full time and then was no looking back. Uh, I think like that's the best decision I made. I can't remember what episode it was where Adrian and I talked specifically about um, becoming a realtor. And that's one of our recommendations is that people have a, and, and I don't want it to be a crutch for people, but you have to have enough money to pay your bills and support your family. And if you don't have that, you're probably going to resort to going back to a job that pays you a regular wage. Um, and, you know, you take that one year and you work your ass off because now in year two, you know, you don't have that savings anymore. So if you work your ass off in year one, you know, you're, you're building up on that and, um, and you've given yourself, you know, nine to 12 months, um, which really is enough to get yourself up and running. So what did you do for Staples? I was a general manager there. So I was managing uh, their store. Like from, from uh, a corporate level or from a store level or? Uh, so store level, general manager. Yep. So yep. I was managing the store at uh, located at 427 in Dundas. Okay. Uh, and prior to that, I was managing Future Shop, one of the biggest one in Trinity Commons in Brampton. And prior to that, I was uh, sourced by Circuit City. And prior to that, I was IT consultant. So... So in in your retail um, experience, because Staples, uh, obviously a big, um, big company, Future Shop, uh, big company. Um, how has that, do you think that has helped you become a better realtor by having that experience? Or is it irrelevant? Because I often think that people that have retail experience like that, um, you know, I'm from the auto industry selling cars back in the day. Um, and obviously, you know, my history, but um, do, do you think that's, that's helped you become a better realtor? 
Actually, it, it did. Like, depending upon it, become like twofold for me. Uh, first of all, like you know, customer service, uh, because even as like a general manager, uh, it, it was like an up my priority uh, training people uh, how to do customer service, right? And a lot of time it's like going to happen retail, the big rift go on people uh, in the commission environment, like a, they don't want to take a returns. And my point to those people were, my salespersons were, well, how many people like returning it? Not everybody abusing the system. So why are you punishing other people uh, for uh, providing the service? And now we're looking to that online services like Amazon, everything return is like a, not a problem. You don't like it, you send it back and everything. So customer services were always like the focus point to me. Uh, and I always find like the sales was pretty simple in the same uh, same term if you follow it. So we used to the, uh, follow the policy called guest. Uh, greet, understand, educate, satisfied, and thank them. Uh, it was pretty simple. Uh, a way of teaching people how to do it. Uh, second thing which helped me in uh, real estate is Staples was pretty good in business planning and processes. So system and processes, having in this, we know that, like, you know, we follow that system and process and how helpful they are in achieving the goals we want to achieve, right? Um, touch base with clients and, you know, uh, putting things in the pipeline when we're doing uh, preparing the house, when we're staging it, when we're listing it, when we're doing a photograph, all that stuff, like, you know, it's come into system process. So that really helped me uh, in my business uh, because if any corporate business you look into that, they have system and processes to follow in order to succeed. Yep. McDonald's is a prime example, right? Anybody come in and they can make the same French fry, same taste and everything. Um, and globally, exactly. and, and I, it's That's funny okay. you say that because I was just talking about McDonald's in um, one of our recent team meetings, and you know, I I know so many people that started there um, as a first job at McDonald's, and um, it's it's such a great place to work from that aspect because you get trained on processes and systems and um, you know, they're very particular about and, and very strict on, on those processes and systems. And, uh, and that sets a foundation. I do want to get off business talk a little bit and learn a little bit about Vishal and uh, um, you know, uh, so as you mentioned, you live in Oakville. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us a little bit about what you like to do when you're not working. Well, that's my uh, favorite topic uh, as well. Um, uh, my wife, uh, she's a elementary school teacher and uh, Peel District School Board, um, and she's an ESL teacher, so she's always correcting my English. <laughs> and my, I have blessed with two daughters. My elder one, she's second year university in UFT, and uh, younger one uh, in grade eight and going nine, uh, 13 going 30. Um, that's what I can say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's my small family. My, uh, my parents, I'm from India. So my parents, uh, still there, my younger brother there, um, over here, I live in North Oakville and, uh, in my spare time, I love to do volunteer. 
as well as I love to play uh, sports too. And during COVID, it did wonder like we were playing tennis. I'm a squash player. I love to play squash. Uh, but because the courts were closed, so I started playing tennis. And when winter hits, we cannot play tennis. Uh, and if there's no ice on the on the ground, we were playing pickleball. That's the first first time I played that game. It is a fantastic game. So I like uh, racket sports. Uh, but I also a big, big uh, cricket fan. And uh, uh, that's that's yeah, like you know, I love to have sports in uh, in my free time, uh, as well as like an, I like uh, social element, like I'm you know, talking to people, uh, picking their their brains, and that's why I do the volunteer, so I get to know great people in my community, and uh, it, it's so much so that you know I was just met yesterday um, that I was playing uh, tennis. And two people come in uh, from the community. And before I say hi, and they say, oh, Vishal, I know you. You run this group and that group. And they start talking about, I love your good morning post and all that stuff. And I said, wow, I can I can believe like in a, how impactful is this? Like in the small things that you do consistently, how it's impact people and how they see you. So uh, thanks to people. Uh, give me some respect in the community as well. And uh um, even the counselors and everything, uh, anytime you reach out to them, uh, they'll listen to me or they think like I'm in person. I'm not like, you know, I will say it's more uh, love from the community, how they see people and uh, just to be yourself and, you know, just try to help people. That's what I'll do. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a good feeling when you can be a part of the community and, um, you know, not not focusing on anything business related, but it, it gives back to you in that sense uh, at some point or another as well. What is your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Oh, love. I love food. So I, I try to different variety of food. Um, but yeah, like a definitely curry. Um, I love goat curry. Um, that's my one of the favorite uh, food to go for uh, when I'm eating out. Um, but like in terms of uh, international, like I love uh, uh, pizza, uh, different varieties, um, not particular like so general one. Um, but now my my daughter, she works in Fortino's in a bakery and now she started making, start from the scratch and that's the best pizza can I have. So <laughs> that's, that's that's a uh, so those are my some uh, favorite food. Uh, do you have a go-to uh, restaurant or takeout place right now that you would get your curried goat? Uh, goat curry, it's hard to find actually. Not everywhere I go, uh, I can get that exact kind of like which I want. Um, so I started cooking uh, as well myself uh, because. I can, I, I have the sense like, and I can, if I taste it, if I can sense it, I can make it. So that's how it works. But yeah, the, I like biryani as well. Um, there's the uh, the biryani in Oakville. We didn't have many Indian stores, restaurants in here, but like in Milton, we have uh, pretty good. Like, you know, there's a, a silver spoon there. Um, yep. uh, Kana Kagana is the another one, which is, you can get the good um, Indian food, authentic yep. food. Yep. Um, those are like two of my favorite. And then the Opal Biryani House, like just opened, changed the franchise. It used to be Hyderabad, the Biryani, uh, but now Opal. 
Um, so that one, he's taking my suggestions and trying different things. So eventually he's going to get that. Like, you know, what code <laughs> career <I> like. <laughs> uh, where is the favorite, your favorite place that you have ever traveled? My favorite place I ever traveled. Good question. Uh, actually, my, my favorite place I traveled is Vancouver. Um, wow. Also, I went for a training during uh, Staples, believe me or not, like they sent me training all the way to uh, Langley, BC, and it was a beautiful place. Um, I love uh, that area. Uh, the other area, if I have to go, because I came from hot country, so for me, uh, going to the hot places is not so much uh, kind of things. I like cold. Of like the pleasant weather, I should say, not too cold, too cold either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, like that's uh, uh, that's one place. I I love Montreal. I went to Montreal and like uh, the area. Um, in my bucket list, I have to go Prince Edward Island. I'm uh, trying to go there and see that uh, red sand dune over there. Um, I'm surprised. The other favorite you... place is Dubai. And that's a beautiful place um, as well. Well, you just said you don't like the heat. And man, it's hot in Dubai. But, but it was, yeah, it was like, a, it, it's funny. Like, you know, I don't like heat, but at the same time, the sand dunes and the architect, like, you know, the buildings they have made over there, it's phenomenal how they develop the city in, in the desert. Uh, so, which is good. I'm surprised uh, that PEI is on your list, and I'm surprised that you didn't join. Um, now thinking back, you would have um, been with Century 21 at the time that the uh, conference, uh, the annual Century 21 conference, was in uh, in Charlottetown, and uh, and you weren't there. And you you've been to some of these uh, yearly conferences, but you didn't make that one. How come? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's always come out to something one or the other, uh, which got stuck to that time. Um, either it was a family commitment or something, or so it, it's conflicted. And when I decided to go <laughs> St. John's, <laughs> that was canceled. It was canceled. So, yeah. yeah. I, uh, uh, and, and we had, uh, the whole team basically with the exception of, um, I think it was Heather and Jennifer that uh, that wasn't coming, but the whole team was basically going to go to uh, St. John's. And then uh, obviously during COVID, uh, everything changed. But um, I enjoyed that PEI trip a lot, a lot. Adrian and I went together, nobody else from from the team. And, um, you know, the... Uh, the natural beauty on that island is, uh, and we didn't get obviously because you're in conference, you you don't get to see everything. But uh, there were uh, there was a day there where we decided to skip class, if you will, and uh, and we walked around uh, the harbor and uh, went for a nice uh, uh, kind of uh, seafood, I guess, uh, lunch and. Um, uh, dinners. We had uh, some fresh lobster and things like that, which uh, uh, was was really amazing. And then the people and and you know just the the different mentality there uh, of everything was really unique to absorb. And uh, and then the homes, you know, you very much felt like it's a it's a beach home kind of environment, but uh, different style of homes. Uh, throughout the island, and uh, it was really a unique experience. I'd I'd 
very much look forward to going back there. Uh, don't know if I would plan a family vacation or something like that there. Um, and don't know that I would be able to spend a week there. Uh, we were there for three or four days and I think that was enough time, but, um, yeah, certainly, um, uh, a great place to visit. And I think, you know, places in Canada like that get, uh, not as much attention as they should. And, uh, and Canadians like, you know, um, I know I have a bunch of friends that were born in, in this province in Ontario and, uh, and haven't seen much else of, of the country. Right. So, um, anyways, let's get on to today's topic, which again is, hiring an agent to find a tenant. So that's kind of a two-folded question. I mean, the question came in on Instagram from one of our followers and um, it is two-folded because it's kind of the way she asked it was, uh, or he asked it, I can't remember who, who it was. Um, should you hire a realtor to represent you in finding a tenant? And then kind of, what does that process look like? You know, what, what's the advantage of doing that? So, um, so since you've been with us, um, you've done a number of, of lease transactions, uh, lots of, uh, we do get a lot of lease, um, leads, I guess, uh, you can say, uh, coming into the team and you'd already been working on a couple. It's, it's something that you're quite good at. I've looked at your, your paperwork and it's, um, it's pretty great. Um, what, why do you think, Vish, um, a landlord or a, or even somebody that's thinking about investing in a, in an investment property, you know, because I think that, that, you know, just to elaborate on that a bit, I think that goes through a lot of people's heads. They think, oh, I'm going to buy a rental property. I'll throw it on Kijiji or I have a friend that might want to rent it or, you know, I'll put a post up on Facebook Marketplace and it's, it's gone. Um, so do you have any advice for, for those people? And, and why should somebody hire um, an agent to, to find a tenant? And then, you know, maybe you can elaborate as well as the benefits and, and what that process looks like. Well, that's a great question. And, and I, I think like, you know, depending, not only like when you're selling it, but uh, even when you're leasing it, there's a process and system which we have already in place. Uh, it's like, you know, you can change your oil or you can go to the car dealership. You can get it from the local or the, uh, like dealership uh, can do for you and you pay some money. And most of the time what happens is the landlord want to save money. They don't want to give out that commission. But in process of that, they don't realize how much money they'll lose. A uh, recent example was that like a, a they want to do by self. And during COVID, like they put like for one month and not a single showing happened to their listing. And soon we listed, we got the offer right, right next day. So that's one reason because of the exposure, what are we going to give? Uh, the other thing is like the good realtors and the good realtor team, like they already have people who are looking, we get leads every day, people looking for rent. So we can connect those people as the right fit or not. The other thing is, which we do is like, you know, like a talk about system process, having those qualified leads. Because landlord, 
this is not your work. You're not doing it everything. So you might not know asking the right questions. And that's where a realtor come handy and their experience come handy to finding out the right tenant for you. Yeah, I think a lot of people, one of the parts of that process is a lot of people don't recognize how much of a time commitment it is um, to find the right tenant. Um, And I'm not even talking for us because we spend probably more time on a, a rental property on a lease than we would with a purchase or a sale. Um, certainly with the listings, because there's so much activity. Uh, there's so much you got to weed through. There's so much paperwork. Uh, there's there's a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow. You know, the Residential Tenancies Act um, from a landlord's perspective, the Residential Tenancies Act protects the tenant way more than the landlord. So you really have to do your due diligence. You have to make sure that all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, or or it can come back and, and haunt you. And, um, you know, you mentioned timing. Every day that that home is not occupied and bringing rent in, it's costing you money. So not only is there the downtime of finding that tenant, but then there's also your time. So what do you value your time at? So if in your regular day-to-day job, you make whatever, $25 an hour, um, you know, if you spend 100 hours uh, trying to find the right tenant, which is easy to do, you know, you've just spent $2,500 of your time Um, in that process. And I don't know about you guys, but whatever I make on an hourly basis, I value my personal time more than that, because that's the time I'm spending with my family, with my friends, um, or, or even just relaxing at the end of the night. And I don't necessarily want to be spending my time on something like that. So, um, and then, you know, even, even further, take it one step further, Vish, um, the ability to negotiate the best, not only the best terms and conditions, but ultimately the best price. Um, you know, somebody that does a lot of leases on a regular basis, like yourself, knows the market inside and out, knows what the demand is knows where where the market is and where it's going and what the demand might be today, tomorrow, um, and what the market was a week ago or a day ago, because it changes very, very regularly, certainly in the um, rental business because, and and certainly during the last 12 months because of COVID, um, people are shifting. There's been more inventory on the market in certain areas. There's been less inventory in other areas. So you really have to have that intimate knowledge. And somebody that owns one, two, three rental properties doesn't have the same finger on the pulse. And uh, and I think that's a, a big part of that process. The other thing to consider, 
by the way, if you if if you're still listening and watching and or watching, uh, please hit that subscribe button, smash us a like, uh, leave any comments below if there's anything that um, you want us to discuss uh, in future podcast episode um, or even regurgitating, I guess, some of the, the comments we're making here. Uh, thanks for listening and following uh, episode 125. I'm here with Vishal Kapoor, one of the newest uh, additions to the KT team. We're talking about um, rental properties and um, hiring an agent to represent you as a landlord. Um, so I think what, you know, a lot of people, and, and to what you said, Vish, a lot of people have, as a landlord, have the hesitancy of hiring an agent because of the cost. Um, so for those of you wondering, what is the cost? The average cost is approximately one month rent, uh, depending on the services provided. So there are added services you can always add on top, but on average, it's one month rent. Um, and usually that is split equally between the listing agent and the agent representing um, the uh, the tenant. It could theoretically be the same agent that's that's collecting all of that money, but uh, usually for eighty percent of the time, it's split between uh, two realtors. So I don't know. Average rent is how much right now in Halton region? Three grand, roughly. Yeah, Maybe a bit uh, more. Probably like a, even like in the more uh, even you know during COVID in the condo market like I know gone a little bit down, but not so much in townhouses or detached single homes because everybody yeah. needs a space. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say to keep it with an easy number, we'll say three grand. It might be a little bit more. I haven't uh, looked at those stats recently as to what the average rental is in Halton. Um, and certainly there's, you know, entry level condos like uh, bachelor and one bedroom condos available for probably 16, 17, $1,800 a month. And then of course that goes all the way up depending where in Halton. Um, there's no 16, 1700 anymore. It's like more 1900 to 2000 yeah, you're looking. Into. I mean, I, there's, there's have been some bachelor pads that have come up. Um, maybe not 16, 17, maybe I'm a little bit low. Um, we've got one coming up, um, that is a one bedroom. It'll be well under $2,000 a month. So they're still out there if you, if you look for them, but, um, and then on the other side, you know, there's luxury homes in Oakville going for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month. So, um, so, you know, let's just say the average investor, um, is probably in the vicinity of $3,000, maybe a little bit more per month. So it costs you three grand plus tax to, to hire a realtor to find that tenant. Now let's break that down. If it's a one-year lease, three grand a month, that's $250 a month. I can almost guarantee you that not only just based on the experience, negotiation, and um, know-how, you'll get at least half of that back just in the final agreement of negotiating and, and the terms, the conditions and whatever. Um, not only based on knowing how to negotiate those deals, but as you said, Vish, the wider the audience, uh, the more likely um, you are to get a better offer. And we've got 
as, as a team here, just to speak for ourselves, we've got a ton of people contacting us on a regular basis, trying to find a lease property. Um, and then we have that social network. We've got, you know, a website that generates a lot of activity and, and um, um, contacts throughout uh, the weeks, days, and months. Um, so, you know, when we get a lease listing, it's not only going on MLS, which also, by the way, knowing how to properly list it on MLS is important and having the right photos and all those things. Um, but spreading it out there to the widest audience possible definitely brings you a, a, a better return. You were going to say yeah, something. I, there. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I want to say like the one thing and I can see as a seller or landlord perspective, like why they don't want to hire a realtor. And because I have seen like such a part in my language, like such a shitty job sometimes we be able to do is it, like somebody can do by themselves, right? When I see pictures, people just taking from their phone, even the phone qualities are so great today, And but they're doing a shitty picture and putting out there. And during COVID, uh, especially, you want to provide as much information you can to, to uh, avoid those unnecessary visits and inconvenience to tenants, or even it's vacant, like, you know, still inconvenience. And that's what I see, like, and why the landlord or sellers uh, look into that they're not or they have experienced something like that and don't see the value uh, our client at most of the time they're coming back again and again based on and i was like surprised to i i used to think myself that i do pretty good job because i uh, i'm dealing with the corporate relocation some long time um, connected with the relocation company so i know what uh, tenants want what they're looking for, uh, what their standard is. And so I can qualify those ones uh, pretty well. So when I'm in during this process, like what happens is when you're not presenting well, you're not uh, placing your property properly, how many times that happens, just, it's just like a left or right swipe kind of thing. Go left, right, swipe. That's what people do these days when you're looking at property. So if you're not presenting it well, it's not going to sell. And I remember like you know, a recent incident and we were, we were just talking about the other day that uh, it was tenanted, tenant was, it was like a too much clutter yeah. and the landlord was us to take pictures. We said no. And luckily like he agreed to it because he says, I will wait until it gets vacant so we can take proper pictures and things like that. So I love to work with those kind of uh, landlords because they see pride in their thing. Because if you're not taking care or if you're presenting your property in in not a proper way, how you expect the tenant respect your property? Exactly. Exactly. They don't see that. You, you don't have a pride in that, right? That's a really good point, Fish. Because I think a lot of people don't recognize as as being a landlord or a um, potential investor. Um, the, the return that you get on having a clean and properly maintained home, you know, I think for a lot of investors and a lot of landlords don't really have the same 
you don't get, you know, when it's your own home and you live in it, you've got that sentimental attachment. You've got that heart into it. When it's an investment property, you're kind of detached from that, right? Because it's an investment. And, and to a lot of people, um, it's a financial investment and nothing else. So they're looking at what my return is and when am I going to get that return? Much like putting a, you know, money into a mutual fund or something like that. It's just a different form of investment. But, but where that, you know, that touch is lost is whoever rents the property, that is their home. And it might be their home for 12 months. It might be their home for, you know, five, six years. We, we just um, uh, rented a property for the second time for one of our um, clients that the initial time we rented it for them was six years ago. And the same tenant had lived in there for six years and treated it like their own because this is their home and it means something to them. This is where they come home every night and, you know, they, they, they relax, they share memories with their family and friends and um, it's their home. And I think that gets missed a lot of the times. Um, And the more you can present that property properly, as you said, um, you get more money for it. And, and from that sense, I don't care who is representing the property, if it's a realtor or if it's, you know, the, the homeowner itself, um, it's gotta be clean. It's gotta be well-maintained and that's going to separate the property from others it's also going to allow a prospective tenant to walk in there and say, ah, this is, this is nice. I can move my stuff right in. I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's been professionally cleaned. It's been recently painted. It's nice. And, and, you know, the appliances are clean inside and out. Um, I don't have to worry. You know, I have rented a property before that wasn't clean and well-maintained because there was a tenant in it. And we had no choice. We had to rent it while the tenant was in it. And, you know, you open up the stove and, or the oven and there's grease and, and, you know, um, charcoal French fries laying on the bottom and, you know, you get those kind of things. And then you go into the bathroom and the shower is dirty. You know, nobody can look past that stuff oftentimes, um, so that becomes uh, a challenge. I think, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things also, Vish, is that, um, by, by the way, we, we never even talked about it. How did you come up with Vish for your home? <laughs> well, for those of you, I'm, I'm going totally off topic here to, <laughs> to mix it up a little bit but for those of you that don't know uh so again vishal has been uh, a licensed realtor for nine years approximately uh, uh full-time approximately for six years and uh i think for most of those six years um and and uh it's it's stuck with me so it it works uh, his his tagline if you will is uh vish for your home so how, how did that happen? Well, so I can give the credit to my elder daughter for that one. Uh, because in the starting, when I was thinking of like as a branding myself, and I know like because I work in that environment, uh, that how branding is important. 
Um, so that's how I started. So I was looking to the, some tagline, you know, uh, innovative realtor, something like that and everything. And then my daughter says, people call you Wish because they cannot sometimes pronounce your name properly. Vishal instead of Michelle, sometimes they say over the phone. So why you already call Wish, people calling you Wish. And this is where, you, so she came out like, you know, randomly like that and said, like, Wish for your home. I think, wow, that's, that's awesome. And that's how the tagline came in. And, and, and you're right. Like a lot of people, even I talked to, I said, hey, wish for my home. Even my, some of my clients, they created the WhatsApp group. It's because of wish for my home. I was like, wow, that's, that's so something that's coming you're up. You're going to have them. to give your daughter a royalty on that or, or ask, <laughs> ask her to come up with a, a new one for our team because uh, I think I came up with Real Estate Done Right about 10 years ago. And since then, I would say probably a thousand people have copied that since then. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've always liked it and it, uh, it rings. Uh, uh, it's got a good ring, a good, uh, good flow to it. So good, good for your daughter to uh, help you grow your business that way. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is episode 125. I guess we're going to wrap it up now, Vish. Um, we, uh, I really appreciate having you on today and uh, nice for, uh, for you to get your face on, on the uh, podcast and get your voice out there. Um, if anybody wants to uh, reach out to uh, Vish directly, uh, Vish at crementitrot.com. And uh, you can, uh, what, what's your uh, Instagram handle? Oh, I should have oh, is it Vishal? the Wish one. It's, it's uh, maybe we can make, maybe we can make a, uh, uh, a second one for wish you. Wish for but... your home at crementitrot.com. There you go. Uh, yeah. what, what, is your, what, what is your uh, Instagram handle? Uh, that is still uh, at the rate Wish for your home. Vish for your home. So, so if you it. want to find him on Instagram, uh, Vish for your home, V as in Victor, I S H yeah. for your home. Um, and um, thanks for being on today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I love to do this. Uh, you know me that uh, I love to be <laughs> camera likes me and I like camera. And also I'm part of the Toastmaster. So I love to speak. Um, and, and that's what, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited to join the team and uh, contribute as much as I can. Well, we'll uh, we'll be getting you in front of the camera definitely more often. I'm looking forward to um, us getting back to quote unquote normal and uh, getting uh, getting lots of um, uh, video content out there. So I know I know you're looking forward to that stuff. Um, so that's it, episode 125 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week.